0: This is Peter Bergman, and you've got Oz in your ears, the Radio Free Oz Daily podcast. This for Friday, February 3rd, 2012. Well, they say he's a Muslim. He wasn't born here, that he's a Kenyan socialist, but he sounds like a pretty middle-of-the-road thoughtful Christian to me. Obama at prayer. President Barack Obama yesterday tied his proposals to raise taxes on wealthy Americans to his faith telling leaders gathered at the National Prayer Breakfast that Jesus' teachings have shaped that conclusion. That makes you shudder. You think, oh, he's going to bring Jesus in. Oh, the evangelicals are beginning to slaver. The rich should pay more, not only because... I actually think that is going to make economic sense, but for me as a Christian, it also coincides with Jesus' teachings that for unto whom much is given, much shall be required. Obama said at the Washington Hilton, delivering remarks at an annual event that every president has attended since Dwight David Eisenhower. All of a sudden, the evangelicals stop slavering. He's talking about redistribution of income. It's socialism, not Christianity. Quoting the president, we can all benefit from turning to our creator, listening to him. Obama said, avoiding phony religiosity. This is especially important right now when we're facing some big challenges as a nation. Without countering his Republican presidential opponents head on, Obama offered a contrast to Mitt Romney's position on class and wealth when i talk about our financial institutions said the president playing by the same roles as folks on main street when i talk about making sure insurance companies aren't discriminating against those who are already sick or making sure that unscrupulous lenders aren't taking advantage of the most vulnerable among us I do so because I genuinely believe it'll make the economy stronger for everybody, but I also do it because I know far too many neighbors in our country have been hurt and treated unfairly over the last few years, and I believe in God's command to love thy neighbor as thyself. Simple little golden rule. Hey, occupy Jesus. Obama said yesterday that religious teachings support caring for the poor and those in need. Those values have always made this country great. When we live up to them, when we don't just give lip service to them, when we don't just talk about them one day a year. And they're the ones that have defined my own faith journey, he said. Hey, I can live with that faith journey. It's inclusionary, not exclusionary. It doesn't tell me that if I don't read their particular version of the Bible, that I'm going to hell. Of course, Mitt Romney's going to hell because he doesn't even read the Bible. He reads some sort of cult magazine, as far as they're concerned. And what is the president doing? He's facing a Mitt Romney who says, I'm not really very interested in the very poor. And saying the religious figure, the divine figure, according to him, that he follows, is more interested in the very poor than anybody else. So he's putting it, yes, on a spiritual basis, not a moral basis, a spiritual basis and I think it's going to work very much to his advantage. It's wily, and yet it's absolutely straightforward. This is how he believes, and I think it resonates. Resonates, my oh my oh my oh, will Obama take Ohio? Things are looking up for the big B in the crucial swing state of Ohio, my home state. His opponents are unpopular. His own numbers are on the rise, and as a result, he holds a healthy lead over the entire Republican field of candidates, no surprise. Kasich, just one of the many Republican governors who went after the unions. In fact, now Mitch Daniels has done it, and they want to do it in Minnesota. We forget, those bastards not only took the House, they took tons of governorships, and terrible things can happen in the state if you own the, the, you know, the Congress there, the Senate, and you're the governor. But Kasich got bombed on that one. Okay, so Obama has broken even with Ohio voters 48-48 on approval. His net approval, though, has increased eight points, you know, from the 41-49 just last November. That's quite a rise. The most important thing that's happened since then is Obama's base rallying around him. He's gone from a 73% approval rating with Democrats to 82%. Nine points. It's over 10% rise. And although he remains unpopular with independents, he's still seen a 13-point net improvement with them from 26, i.e. 3058, to minus 13, 4053. He's on the way. He's going to take the independents and the soccer moms. No longer called soccer moms, now called legacy moms. While Obama's becoming more popular, his opponents are moving backward. Only 28% of Ohioans have a favorable opinion of Mitt Romney, to 56 with a negative one. Independents, 3053. Democrats, 1473. Pretty universally dislike him, and he's not that hot with Republicans. He's only 43 like him and 36 no. There is no real groundswell for the Mitt. Interestingly enough, in the four primaries thus far, the turnout has been down. People have come out up to vote who may not vote in the fall, only because, you know, there was all those TV ads and everybody was kind of talking about, still they couldn't get enough Republicans out there. Yeah, he's looking real good. The race will definitely tighten since only 4% of Democrats are undecided compared to 11% of Republicans, but still, this is a pretty good trend for Obama in this state. An electoral college analysis uh, did last month, found that if Obama could win any one state out of Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina, he would probably win the election. Well, let me tell you, he's going to take Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, and I ain't sure about North Carolina. You know, what's also happening, there's a big economic recovery in the Midwest, trust in the rust. From northern Michigan's iron mines to Pennsylvania's natural gas fields, the industrial heartland of America is humming with jobs again, as a region once left for dead recovers faster than the rest of the U.S., so says the Bloomberg report. The turnaround may shape this year's race for the White House, as President Barack Obama seeks to reverse Republican gains in the Midwest. The economies of Michigan, Indiana, Ohio and Pennsylvania, all states Obama won in 2008, improve faster than that of the U.S. since the recession's depth in April of 2009, according to the Philadelphia Federal Reserve. Of course, we all know, listening to Ron Paul, that they're just part of the great conspiracy, along with the Illuminati and uh, the the devils at Davos. Mm, We'll hold there. Michigan is expected to lead all 50 states during the next six months. Looking good. But... The government may have saved General Motors and Chrysler only to see the auto parts industry, backbone of American manufacturing, increasingly migrate to China. President Barack Obama proudly stumps uh, this election year on the $85 billion auto bailout, claiming it's proof that government intervention can rescue at least part of the battered economy. Some politicians were willing to... Let it just die, Obama said. This week in Ann Arbor, Michigan, not far from the big Detroit automakers, we placed our bets on the American auto industry, and today the American auto industry is back. Jobs are coming back, 160,000 of them. Well, that's fine. The gamble, however... Uh, looks less promising for auto parts suppliers, and there's a lot more work in auto parts than in the assembly factories. As Chinese competitors have voraciously gained ground over the past 11 years, the auto parts trade deficit with China has shot up 867% to almost $10 billion, according to the United States International Trade Commission. So 75% of more than the 600,000 auto jobs are parts jobs. And because of how the supply chain works, factories often cluster together. So should the trend continue, Americans might be left turning the last screws on vehicles mostly made in China. So what are we going to do? A brief released at the event by the Alliance for American Manufacturing claims the Chinese government engages in a variety of illegal and predatory practices to protect the auto parts industry, including an $8.7 billion subsidy in 2010. They want Obama to do something about it. An executive there for the AAM says this is a real test of whether the president is willing to stand up to China. Look. I know that free trade has its advantages and that we're globalizing, I get it. But I'm a mercantilist when it comes to losing our entire manufacturing base. I mean, is there anything wrong with making auto parts? Yeah, I'll tell you what's wrong with it according to most people who own these factories is that they have to pay decent wages and decent benefits. Where in China, everything is indecent. You get sick, you die. You know, you don't, like, um, you don't like the way things go? Jump off the roof. So if we are willing to pay more for our cars, if we're willing to buy less because things cost more, but at the same time are made better, then we might be able to turn this around. I don't know. It goes against the grain of American exceptionalism. That's a mighty, deeply ingrained icon. So it looks like the Midster, the Flipster, is going to be the nominee. So that means, come November of 2012, we get to choose between this guy. I like being able to fire people who provide services to me. Corporations are people, my friend. We can raise taxes on... Of course they are. Everything corporations earn ultimately goes to people. So... Where do you think it goes? What? Whose pockets? Whose pockets? People's pockets. But I read your first book and it said in there that your mandate in Massachusetts which should be the model for the country. and I know it came out of, of the, the reprint of the book, but you know, I'm just saying you were for individual mandates, my friend. You know what? You've raised that before, Rick. And uh you're it, it, was, it was true then. No, no. <laughs> it's true now. Rick, I'll, I'll tell you what. 10000 bucks? <laughs> $10,000 bet? I'm not in the betting business. I'm not concerned about the very poor. We have a safety net there. If it needs a repair, I'll fix it. I'm not concerned about the very rich. They're doing just fine. I'm concerned about the very heart of America the the 90 95% of Americans who right now are struggling and You just said I'm not concerned about the very poor because they have a safety net and I think there are lots of very poor Americans who are, are struggling who would say that sounds odd. I said I'm not concerned about the very poor that have a safety net but if it has holes in it I will repair them. And this guy. I'm so in love with you. quite a choice, huh? <laughs> Pretty obvious to me, but of course I live in the obvious. Now you all have yourself a wonderful weekend. Come back on Monday so I can put more Oz in your ears. And remember, in these difficult times, when you can't tell the ACs from the DCs, we're going to get through this kafluffle together.